This is episode 102. We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Hey everybody, how's it going? I hope everybody's doing well. Thank you for joining me today. There is so much we need to talk about, but today we are going to focus on something that is plaguing the minds of many parents across the land and actually around the world. And this is coming directly from you because of the questions that have come into Smarter Parenting about children being at home and struggling with following through with what's happening in school. So parents are dealing with a lot of behavioral issues at home because it's difficult for parents to balance work and home and also the education of their children. During this pandemic, a lot of parents are at home teaching their children at home. And so this distance learning has come with some new challenges. And I want to share with you the story of Jared, Megan, and their 10-year-old son, Connor. Now, Jared and Megan are working with their son, Connor, at home, and they are frustrated with how he's behaving during study time. He doesn't do his work. He sits and stares. He's easily distracted. He cries and he whines, and they are consistently working with him to correct his behavior. Now, this is not uncommon for a lot of parents right now. They are dealing with multiple children at home, helping them with distance learning, and at the same time trying to balance and manage everything else that's happening. And so this podcast is geared towards helping parents understand how to correct their children's behaviors correctly and in an effective way. So my goal here is to help you think win-win. I want you to be able to correct your child's behavior while at the same time giving you the ability to interact and engage with your child in a positive way and also retain a good relationship. Because let's face it, kids are at home all day As they are at home, you're still having to deal with your child's negative behaviors throughout the entire day. And so this can really cause a lot of anxiety in parents, and it can cause a lot of frustration. There are three main things that I want to cover during this podcast. Number one, I want to cover why correcting behaviors correctly can make or break your relationship. Number two, I want to talk about why parents need to be strategic in their approach to correcting behaviors. And number three, I want to talk about the benefits of correcting behaviors appropriately. So let's start off with the first one. And we will talk about Jared, Megan, and their 10-year-old son, Connor, throughout this whole conversation and throughout this podcast. When Jared initially called and started explaining what he was working through and the frustration that they were feeling, I talked to them about making corrections in their child's behavior, and they have done that. They have tried that. And we had to go back and look at what ways they were engaging and interacting with their son. And as we talked, I started to realize that In their correction of their child, they were very focused on being very directive in correcting specifically what is happening at the moment, but they weren't doing it in a way that would encourage or would help the relationship. So I talked to them about this, and I asked them this specific question. I asked them, when was the last time someone corrected your behavior? Now, I wanted them to think about that. When was the last time a boss or a supervisor came in and corrected their behavior? 
Now, correction can come in a lot of different forms. There is, at times, an emotional toll that happens when someone corrects our behaviors, even as adults. When somebody comes up and says, hey, that's wrong, you need to fix that, it can come across as very different depending on who's doing it and the way that they are doing it. Now, children are more flexible, but they store these memories of the times that they receive correction and they form who they become. So when correction is given from a place of trust, of safety, of love and support, a child grows up feeling those things. When correction comes in the form of criticism, negativity, and disgust, that also helps to form who the child believes they are. Now, for a child, a parent, the person who a child depends on for validation, is essential for their identity. When a parent shows anger and frustration, children internalize that, and it becomes validation about who they are. So instead of a child thinking, I have a behavioral problem that needs correction, they start to think, I am the behavioral problem. There's a big difference between the two. So in speaking with Jared and Megan about this, I had to have them reframe their mindset and to really think about correcting behaviors the right way. This is why correcting behaviors correctly is so important. We can correct our children's behaviors until the sun goes down. We can tell them all the things that they're doing wrong. We can tell them, hey, fix that, do this. But at what cost does that come? Now, as I continue to work with Jared and Megan, we started to talk about the approach to correcting behaviors. And what I love personally is that history, I feel, teaches us a lot of great lessons. So this moves me on to the second topic, which is why parents need to be strategic in their approach to correcting behaviors. History can teach us quite a bit about the ways we can approach problems. And for me, I love reading history. I love going back and reading about past times, the way people made decisions, and the way that they've evolved over time. Now, back in 2079 BC, Rome and Greece were at war, and there was a king. His name was Pyrrhus. He was called King Pyrrhus of Epirus. Now, if you haven't heard about King Paris, I'm not surprised, because after all this time, what we do know is that Rome was a major superpower. So King Paris was fighting against Rome, and he had a smaller army than Rome. And during two battles, there were two very specific battles that they fought, he wanted to win. He wanted to win so badly, he was willing to sacrifice everything in order to win those battles. So he was able to push everybody to the front lines and win. He actually did win those two battles, first in 2079 BC and in 2080 BC. But after the battle, he realized that because he had spent so much of his effort and his time in making those battles successful, he sacrificed quite a bit. And Rome was reportedly saying, if we keep this up, only one person would have to go to Greece in order to conquer Greece. Now, it, whether by fear, anger, or frustration, Pyrrhus 
was willing to sacrifice to win smaller battles and lose the war. That's where we get the phrase, you're going to win small battles, but lose the war. This is a thought process that has resonated throughout the years. And in fact, we continually think about this. What are we sacrificing right now in order to win this small battle, but lose the war? Think about sports. When we think about sports and we think about the strategic plays that are implemented by coaches and by players, sometimes they're willing to, for example, in basketball, they're willing to foul a player to keep them from making a shot. Now, it's a strategic move, and they have to be careful about how often they would do that. But sometimes that's the difference between winning the game or losing the game, right? So being strategic in the way that we approach everything, what are we willing to sacrifice? Now, the ultimate goal of correcting a child's behavior is to be sure that the relationship has remained intact. So if we're looking at this as we're going to correct this one behavior and move on to the next behavior, boom, 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 and we're constantly focused on winning, then we're going to lose the war. Because as I mentioned earlier with Jared and his wife, there is an emotional toll that happens when we make corrections in our children's behavior. If you're focused only on winning and not strategic enough on, hey, we're going to work through this together in order to win, both of us win-win, then there's going to be a problem. So parents need to be very strategic in the way that they approach. That's why I love the teaching family model. This is why I absolutely love all the steps to the skill of correcting behaviors. Because when we break down the steps of correcting behaviors, it addresses both of these issues. First, it addresses why correcting behaviors correctly can make or break your relationship. It actually keeps the relationship intact. Second, it's why parents need to be strategic. It helps parents become more strategic in their approach to correcting behaviors in order to raise a healthy, happy child. Now, let's talk about the third topic, which is the benefits of correcting a child's behavior correctly. I think it goes without saying that when we correct a child's behavior correctly, that the child grows up feeling a sense of self-esteem, confidence, and the ability to pivot and adjust to difficulties as they come. When I was speaking with Jared and Megan about this, the whole desire of us correcting a child's behavior is to create independence in their mind that they can do whatever they need to do, and they can do it on their own without fear and without low self-esteem, that they have the confidence to move forward. So we talked about it. I talked to Jared and Megan, okay, what are the issues that are happening in your home? Once we were all on the same page, we wanted to focus on being sure that their approach was emotionally sensitive to their child, that they were correcting their child correctly. And now we were focused in on being strategic. I wanted to ask them, okay, in what ways is your child struggling with being taught at home? And so they told me that there were a couple of things. First off, Connor just would sit there and would tap his pencil incessantly on the table. And then Connor would argue with them when they tried to correct him. 
And so I had to teach them the steps of correcting behaviors, and you will see how they were able to use this in order to help their child keep the relationship intact. Now, the steps to correcting behaviors are as follows. Number one, get the child's attention to stop the behavior from happening. Number two, express empathy. That could sound like, I realize that you are. Number three, describe the bad behavior. Avoid being judgmental or asking questions. Number four, deliver a consequence. The consequence should be doable and should be focused on teaching and not punishing the child. Number five, describe what you want your child to do instead. Use words that your child understands. Number six, give a reason why this new behavior is good for your child. Number seven, practice the new behavior and reduce the consequence. Remember, our whole focus here at Smarter Parenting is to teach children. We're not here to punish them. We're to help them along their way so they know how to make better decisions on their own. Now, in working with Jared and Megan, I reviewed the steps with them. And in order to help them, we had to script it out. We had to write down what they were going to say and what they were going to do in each of these steps. And I realize that a lot of parents are thinking, why would you do that? Can they just do it and wing it? Yeah. But again, in being strategic, we have to be deliberate. We have to be very deliberate in the way that we engage with our children. So with Jared and Megan, thank you for allowing me to share this story. We scripted it out for those two situations. Now, before you feel overwhelmed with the seven steps to correcting behaviors, I'm telling you right now, you can do this. You can script it out. All you need to do is print out the steps to correcting behaviors from the Smarter Parenting website and then write down specifically what you would say in each of those steps and what you would do. Once we scripted it out, we practiced it. Now, again, practicing it is important for Jared and Megan so they can get a feel for what it feels like. They can hear it. They can internalize it themselves before they present it to their child. This also is a strategic move in helping them help Connor. So in scripting it out, it sounded like this. You're going to be shocked at how fast this goes and how easy it is to script it out. So first off, we were focused on the behavior of Connor slouching in the chair and tapping his pencil on the table. This is what it sounds like using all of the steps. Connor, that's step one. I realize that it's hard for you to be home to do your schoolwork. That's two. Right now, you are slouching in your chair and hitting the table with your pencil. That's three. Because you are doing that, you have earned the consequence of 10 minutes less on the iPad today after we are finished. Okay, that's four. What you need to do is to sit in your chair straight and read your book. Okay, so that's five. If you sit up straight in your chair and read your book, you will finish faster, and that gives you more time to play your game on the iPad. That's six. If you want, you and I can practice this together right now, and if you can show me how to sit up straight in your chair and read your book, you can earn five minutes back so you won't lose ten minutes. You'll only lose five. That's seven. 
That's it. That's the whole thing. We scripted it out and then we practiced it. I walk through that, giving you each of the steps. As you can see, once you script it out, you know exactly what to say. You know what belongs where. And I highly suggest that parents do this. Print it out. Write it out. Practice it. Practice it. Practice it. So I practiced this with Jared and with Megan multiple times. Megan wanted us to script listening to her instructions and not arguing with her. So we scripted that out as well. And this is what we came up with. Now listen carefully, and I want you to be able to pick out each of the steps. Connor, I realize it's hard for you to listen to my instructions. I know you are frustrated. Right now, you are speaking loudly over me. You are debating with me about not wanting to do your work. Because you are speaking loudly over me and you are debating with me, you have earned a consequence of 30 minutes less on the iPad to play your game. What you need to do is to sit quietly while I give you instructions, and then you need to do it immediately. If you can sit quietly while I give instructions and then do what I ask immediately, you will show me that you can be responsible and that you deserve more time on the iPad rather than losing time. If you want, you and I can practice this together, and if you can show me that you can listen to my instructions and do what I ask immediately, you can earn 15 minutes back so you can play your game on the iPad. Now, when we did this, it was amazing as we continually practiced this with Megan and her ability to gain confidence in using this approach with Connor. We practiced it multiple times. And when I say multiple, I mean more than four. I had her go through the script until she really felt confident with it. And the reason why is because I knew that when children are frustrated and they're angry, going through this is going to be essential for her to get him back on track. It would be essential for her to be able to stay focused on everything that's happening and not react to whatever Connor is doing. So we practiced over and over and over again. I told her to just repeat it like a parrot. You just want to stay calm and repeat that script in order to help him come back into compliance. And that if she felt like, hey, he needed a break and then she would come back, she could come back and make the correction again. So this was super helpful for both Jared and for Megan in addressing Connor's behavior. We practiced both of the scripts. So we were being strategic in the way that they would approach these issues with their son. What this was able to do was provide both Jared and Megan a place where they could stay calm and they knew exactly what they needed to do, which is a powerful place to be for a parent. So instead of becoming reactive, they were proactive. Now, this approach is respectful. It allows the parent and the child to be in the present. It gives your child choices. It gives your child and you options on how to proceed. It's calming because you know what to do and what to say, and you're less reactionary. It also keeps you consistent. And if you've noticed anything about this approach, it actually teaches rather than punishes your child, which is exactly what we want to do. We want to teach. We don't want to punish. Jared and Megan were able to report back that this was very effective for their family. 
and that they were scripting other scenarios in their home where they needed to correct his behavior. I was super happy to hear that they were able to implement this fairly quickly. In fact, this just took one coaching session and we were able to lay this out, practice it, and then they were ready and good to go. Now, as with all podcasts that I do, I want you to be able to do this. You should be able to take this information and you should be able to apply it to your own lives and what's happening in your own homes with your own children. And I realize it's still a difficult time, but I highly, highly, highly suggest that we focus on winning the bigger picture and that we're not so focused on small battles along the way that we become distracted and that we become like King Pyrrhus, who really gave up everything up front and lost the war. He's forgotten in history. Why? Because he focused in on small wins rather than on big wins. I can tell you that parents that use correcting behaviors, they have long-lasting relationships with their children. Their children feel respected by them. And in the long run, they have a good relationship. This is a powerful, powerful skill. It's a difficult skill sometimes to implement because sometimes in correcting a child's behavior, you know, children don't like being corrected just like adults don't, and they can become reactionary. But I can tell you that when you're doing it correctly, when you're doing it in a way that is filled with love and empathy and the idea that, hey, I'm here to help you, it really does make a huge difference. So that's it for me this week. I do want to tell you, if you need that individual coaching like I did with Jared and Megan, go ahead and sign up for it. You can sign up for coaching on the Smarter Parenting website. So I'm there to help you, guide you through. We can script things together. Just go ahead and sign up over there. All right, that's it for me, and I will see you next week.